0: Hi, welcome to the Authentic Faith Podcast. Today, we're wrapping up our last episode of My Story Season 2. Throughout this season, I've been sharing my personal journey of what it was like when I was in an abusive relationship, and I've been trekking my way through and out of it. And today, to wrap this all up, I'm going to talk about my healing journey and what it looked like. I've been doing this not only to pursue my own healing, to further my healing, I've been in this season of healing, I would say, but it's also to give you hope. Maybe you're someone who is in an abusive relationship, or maybe you're not sure that you are, or maybe you're coming out of it, but you're still in the midst of the separation and the conflict, or maybe it's been a few years, but... You're struggling. You're struggling to heal, to forgive, to let it go. This episode is to share my personal healing journey and what I did with the hope that it inspires you to know that there is a better tomorrow and healing is possible. I don't believe that abuse needs to live with us for the rest of our lives. And I don't believe that it needs to define us. It can cause us to become a better person and to be better than who we were before. It can definitely shape us, but it does not need to define us. So I'm going to share my journey, and I'm hoping that it infuses you with hope. Hope that you can heal and live a life of abundance filled with hope, peace, and love. But before I get started, I want to announce that starting April 5th, that's a Tuesday, we are launching our new series on this podcast. I am so excited about this because it's really where my passion lies and what I love, so much so that my hands have come out speaking. And um, we've been recording this, so life has been a little bit busy. You see that there are several weeks in between episodes of this season. Um, so I'm wrapping it up. I wanted to make sure that this particular episode had its due diligence to help you as much as possible in the healing process um but we've also been recording our sessions uh for the podcast that's coming up. So the series is on the Gospel of John. We're going verse by verse. We're digging deep. We're looking into all the little details. We're looking into wh- what is this saying about God? Who is God in this passage? What is he revealing about himself to us and how does this impact us? But let's read this within context and really understand the depth and fullness of what the gospel is saying. And I'm going to share a little bit about the gospel of John and how it was part of my healing process. Um, And it, it kind of in, inspired this, me doing this season of the podcast, of my story, really inspired me to dive back into John and look deeper than I did in 2016. So let's get started. If you haven't yet, please, uh, another way that you can support other than watching is to make sure that you subscribe. So whether it's on YouTube or your favorite podcast app, make sure to subscribe and follow so you can get notified every time there's a new episode. Also share it with your friends. Maybe someone will enjoy it. Maybe someone will get something out of it. Put it on your social media walls and just spread the word and let people know, hey, this is happening. It's out there and it's great. Um, And I would really appreciate that support. Okay, so you ready? I have a few steps laid out of what my healing journey looked like. Now, keep in mind that when I was going through this journey, I didn't have these steps laid out. I didn't really know what I was doing. I was really relying on God to lead the way and show me the way. So, but looking back, obviously, right in hindsight, I could see a progression. I could see these steps, and they all go through different layers of healing and take me through a journey and a necessary one with certain stops along the way. So, we're gonna go, we're gonna call each step a stop, and I'm gonna highlight what happened during that stop, what the focus was, and what it did, right? Hoping that your stop may look a little differently from mine or maybe you don't need this particular stop but i'm sharing it because who knows it may bless you and be something you never really thought of so our stop number one is to admit our part our um how can i say like our downfall our missteps things in our lives that we need to change Because the reality is that abuse is never your fault and no one ever deserves to be abused. But we allowed it to happen and that speaks volumes. There's something about ourselves that allowed ourselves to be abused. So it's not that we're taking the blame for the abuse, but we're recognizing that there's something intrinsically off that we need to deal with. So, that we can not only heal from the abuse we've gone through, but ensure that it never happens again. So, hopefully, that makes sense to you. And I would like to read 1 John 1 8 through 10, um, because I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation been kind of merging away from this translation for those of you who know I like study the Bible but um, it's just read a bit it's readability is great okay so first John 1 8 through 10 it says if we claim we have no sin we're only fooling ourselves and not living in truth but if we confess our sins to him to God he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness if, if we claim we have not sinned, we're calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. I mean, I could go into a whole teaching about what sin is and all that stuff, but I'm not going to dive into that. The purpose of me reading that passage is just to say that it's extremely important that we confess to God our downfalls, the things in ourselves that we don't really like, that we know don't really reflect God, and to go to God because he is just to forgive but also to cleanse. And this is the first step, because if we don't humble ourselves to recognize there's something that I need to change in my life, and it's what, not what caused the abuse, but what allowed me to participate in it, then um, it's hard to change. It's kind of that whole concept of, you know, when people go to Alcoholics Anonymous or something like that, you need to admit that there's something wrong first. So, this is shifting the blame so we don't, actually it's not shifting the blame, it's the opposite. We don't wanna shift the blame to someone else. We can't control what our abuser did or whether they recognize what they did was wrong or whether they did it on purpose or not or whether they can forgive um, or whether they can are actually apologetic and sorry for what they did. We can't control any of that. What we can control is ourselves. And I'm gonna dive a little bit into that when we talk when we get to stop number two. But here at stop number one, the key is we must recognize that there is something in our lives that we need to change. And that's where the focus needs to come in. So let's move on to step number two. Because step number one for me was very easy. And I know it's not easy for everyone, but it's a very simple concept. And it's one that requires us to humble ourselves and recognize what could I have done differently? And note that this is not about what could I have done differently so that that person wouldn't have abused me. No, it's what could I have done differently to not allow myself to be abused, to have put a stop to it before it even began, right? So that's number one. Number two, I realized, and for anyone who knows my story, I have um, my encounter several places, so I'm not going to share it here, but I realized that when we look at 1 Corinthians 13, where it talks about what love is, I realized that not only have I never experienced that kind of love, I didn't know love like that. I also didn't possess love like that, and it was something that I really wanted. I wanted to be loved. And I wanted to be loved properly. This is what I learned after the abuse or during that separation process. I just want to be loved and I want to love people. That's it, right? It's so simple. Why is it so complicated? But it's something that I wanted, but I realized, you know, I didn't possess the love in 1 Corinthians 13 where it says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It doesn't demand its own way. It's not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice and rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. It always hopeful and endures through every circumstances. And then it talks about how love lasts forever. And there's faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And looking at that, I was like, I don't have that. Not only do I not know it, I don't possess it, but I want to. So that was first. And then there were. there's the fruit of the spirit in Galatians 5.22, where the fruit of the spirit is, again, love. And to me, all of the fruit of the spirit wraps itself in love. Like you can't have any of the rest unless you have love. That's the way I look at it. Uh, which led me to this. So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these, there is no law. And really what it's saying is that those who are led by the Holy Spirit and have the Holy Spirit in their lives produce this fruit. I was like, man, I'm missing some of those. And at the time I was missing quite a few. I was hurt, bitter, couldn't forgive, definitely holding records of wrong like all sorts of things that I was like I don't want to live this way. I know it's not good for me. So what I did was I said I want to be like this. I want to be 1 Corinthians 13. I want to be Galatians 5:22. That's go- going to be where my focus is. And it's what I would call a positive goal as a fitness trainer, a personal trainer and a running coach one of the things that I've always taught is that you need to focus on positive goals. So you want to focus on who you want to be, what you want to do, not who you don't want to be and what you don't want to do. Because the more you keep your eyes on those things that you don't want to be, because that's where your focus is, that's where you tend to go. And you're going to find that that's probably, why do you, why do I keep leaning there? Why do I keep doing those things? And it's because that's where your focus is. Your eyes, your focus, your attention needs to be on where you want to go. And we learned that in Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. So let me read that. I know we've got a lot of scripture here, but I want you to see how looking back and looking at how God led me to heal from what I've gone through uh, really is scriptural. And it, it's all in here and it all helps us. So... Let me get here. Okay, so um, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. So that's what I needed to do, right? I was on a journey and I wanted to heal and I wanted to be whole and I wanted to love and I wanted to be loved but I knew it was going to be a journey of a lifetime, right? So I needed the endurance. And then it says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. So we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people, then you won't become weary and give up when you think about what Jesus did, right? After all, you have not yet given your lives into the struggles against sin. And I actually have a podcast episode where I dive deep into this passage and I'll link it in the show notes so that if you wanna listen to that, you can. But the reason I'm sharing that is because focusing on positive goals is a heavenly perspective. It's a divine perspective. It's one that comes from God. Jesus was able to endure the cross because his eyes were set on the goal set before him. He was looking at the prize and now he's sitting there at the right hand of God. And that's what he wants for us. We're going to endure struggles. We're going to endure hardships. We're going to have trials. There would be no endurance if there weren't any trials. But the goal, even through our healing process, is to look at the prize set before us. Obviously, that's Jesus, right? We're going to set our eyes on Jesus and who he is. But what does that mean? And to me, that meant becoming 1 Corinthians 13 and Galatians 5.22, because I believe that Jesus possessed all those things. And I wanted to live a life like Jesus, right? Like a life of someone who demonstrates that they have fruit of the Holy Spirit. So that's where my eyes were. My eyes were, this is who I want to become. This is who I want to be. And yours may not be First Corinthians 13 or Galatians 5 22, although indirectly, I kind of hope that it would be, but maybe there's other things that you're looking at, or maybe there's like those short term finish lines. You know, I'm a runner and I run marathons. So this example is very realistic. Like I can grab the concept, but Before I ran a marathon, I ran a 5K, then I ran a 10K, then I ran a 15K, then I ran a half marathon, you know? So there's all these shorter finish lines that'll get you to the end. So maybe you have something to look forward to and that's where you're going to keep your eyes on. So stop number one, we're going to admit that there's things in our lives that we need to change to make sure that we never allow ourselves to be put in that position again where we're abused because that's not love. Leading us to step number two. What are the positive goals that you want to set out for? Even when it comes to healing, be more specific. So, there are some people, you know, like who would say, I happen to have a great mom, so um, don't, you know, I can't, but I've heard this and it's the example that just comes to mind. Setting out a goal saying, I don't want to be like my mom. Guess what happens? Most people say, I don't want to be like my mom become just like their mom. When they're older, they are their mom because that's where their minds are. Their minds are on what they don't want to become. Instead, like let's say your mom was um, too hard on you for whatever reason, right? You want to be someone who has mercy um, or whatever, not just as a mom, but as a person. So that's what you're going to focus on, right? So for me, my positive goals were those two and then setting my eye. So stop number three. Um, I don't know where all of you may fall in this spectrum, but it's it was part of my journey, a huge part of my journey, really had an impact in my life. Um, and now I've gone a little bit deeper, but I cannot not include this step um, because it really had a huge impact. So in conjunction with the next step that I'm going to talk about, this stop involved a lot of prayer and a lot of humbling, a humility, of coming before God and saying, there's all these things that I struggle with and that I want to change. But they, there may be a spiritual component to it that has been influencing my life that I don't know. I am someone who really strongly believes in the supernatural. I've had way too many experiences not to believe that there's something more than this world. And I don't believe that heaven is way up there and that God is way up there. I believe that he's within this space, just basically to put it in words like in another dimension. And there is good and there is bad in the heavenlies, right? There's angels and there's demons and an array of spiritual beings that aren't just demons and angels. I believe there's all sorts of spiritual beings, but there's an influence that comes from that. And a lot of that, knowing what I know now comes from where we set our mind, what we think about and what we align with. But what I did, I didn't know any of that at the time. What I knew was that I had these things that didn't line up with First Corinthians 13 and Galatians 5.22. And I needed help, right? I needed desperate help because I didn't know how to undo those things. So I prayed. And what I did was I rebuked and broke um, ties to any demons or spiritual forces that were coming from evil, that were coming from sin, that may have been influencing my life in a negative way. And I was always very specific about that because if something is from God, I don't want to not be associated with that. And just because something feels uncomfortable to me doesn't necessarily mean that it's demonic or it's evil. It could just be that there's a resistance of something and I need to let go of it and it could be God, right? So I was always very clear. So what I would do is I would pray against spirits and attachments and soul ties and all this stuff, whether I believed I had it or not, because I sincerely wanted to be set free. I sincerely wanted a life change. So when I prayed things, whether I thought I struggled with that thing or not, I actually would pray against it. And what I was doing now that I have understanding is I was breaking my allegiance with it. I was saying, I no longer align with this thought, with this way of being, with this thought process. And I just did it in a way that I knew at the time. Now there's a book that I was reading and had prayers in it. And being where I am now in my life and my journey with God, it's a book that I wouldn't necessarily recommend with like hoots and haws. Like, yay, go read this book. It's great. But I want to mention it because it really did have an impact on my life. And theologically, I can't say I agree with everything in the book now because I've changed over time. However, that does not negate the fact that it did help me in my healing process. And that book is called Prayers That Route Demons by John Eckert. Um, It's a very small book, but I basically went through all of his prayers, not all in one sitting. Um, Sometimes I was riding my bike or doing something. And there were times where I would rebuke something and I would physically feel a lifting off of me, like a pressure. Um, Do I believe that Christians can have demons? Yes, actually, I do. Um, However, I will say this. Over the last several years, based on what I've learned, based on my experience learning what I believe is from God, I do believe that Christians can have demons. However, I believe that most people, not all, but most people aren't possessed with demons. They are influenced with demons. And there may be demons around them influencing them, changing their focus, moving them around or whatever. But I don't believe that most people or even Some manifestations that we see are because the demons were in the person. I just think they were attached to the person. We align to it. Demons only have power in our life if we align to it. You don't you it's not possible, and I've heard this teaching, and I just want to say this because through the healing process, I think it's important, especially within prophetic circles. When you're walking through Walmart or through a store or through a mall or through even a pagan festival or whatever, right? You're in a place like India where they worship a lot of gods and people, you know, we have these preconceived notions, but you're walking. A demon can't attach to you just because you're walking around where demons are. There are demons everywhere, okay? Okay whether you see it or not, doesn't mean you live with them, you like them, you you know, but they're, they're around, right? So you're walking down a certain place, a demon doesn't attach to you unless you align with it. A demon only has power over your life if you forfeit that power to them, if you give them that authority. Other than that, a demon cannot attach to you. And there is definitely power in Saying, no, get away and leave. And there is authority not only by us as human beings, but especially in the name of Jesus. When you tell a demon to go, when you tell an evil to go, it must go. The first time you say it. And if they don't leave the first time, then man, they better leave that second time. But the important thing is that you believe that you have that authority. Don't doubt it. And don't claim demons on yourself that you don't have. But I went through this process um, and that book was helpful and it really had an impact on my life. So that's stop stop number three. So stop number one, we're going to admit that there's something in our lives that we have to change. Number two, we're going to decide where are we focusing our eyes? What's the prize at the end? And that's where our focus is going to be and that's going to help drive our place. Then we're going to pray against all the places that um, don't all the things in our lives that don't align with that place that we're trying to get to Um, and then so stop number four really focusing um, and this is part of the set your eyes on the prize set your eyes on Jesus focusing on my relationship with Jesus through worship, through prayer, and through Bible study. Um, And that's where my time was spent. I mean, when I had all sorts of free time, I would spend it reading the Bible. I would spend it worshiping. I would listen to preachings. I just soaked myself in the things of God that I knew at the time. And there was a journey and a process involved. I didn't allow myself to get caught up in things that would cause me stress or um, worry me. I really focused on setting my mind on the prize set before me. I didn't realize this is what I was doing. But now knowing the scriptures a little bit more and having a better relationship with God, I'm able to see how that's that's what was happening. And it helped me because in reality, it's just like when I was talking about demons can't attach to you if you don't align with them. What I was doing by filling myself up with things that led me closer to God and strengthened my relationship with him was strengthening those things and strengthening the good in me and automatically the bad things, the evil things start to lose their hold on me because I'm not giving it attention. I'm not spending my, my, my mind and my thoughts are not being spent on those things that are not of God you know there's that verse that says we need to think about the things that are wonderful that are beautiful that are whole and and that's what i was doing to the best of my ability just filling myself up with those things so that was those are like the four stops i wanted to go through and obviously it's kind of a cycle and it's not like it's a one-time thing. So you don't admit that you need to work on something once and then move on and be like, that's it, I'm fixed. There's Everything's great. No, this is a constant process. And really, that's this whole process leads you through repentance. That's really what it is. It's a change of direction. It's saying, hey, I'm faced this way. This is no good. I need to go the other way, admitting it. And then as I'm going the other way, looking, where do I want to go? Because the reality is repentance is a change of mind, but with God, it's a change of mind towards him. Because we can change our mind and we can distract ourselves. Like For a long time, before I turned to God for my healing, I was um, into fitness, I was a personal trainer, and all of that stuff became where my direction was, right, where I was going, where my focus was. But the reality is that it didn't give me hope, and it didn't give me peace. It was helping me cope with the sea. It wasn't giving me hope. And there's a place for that when it comes to healing. But really this change of direction and this repentance needs to be towards God. So it's something that's always going to happen. Um, and then one day when you're healed or you don't have the pain, because one thing I can tell you is this, the pain of the abuse, um, it does go away. I can tell you, from my personal experience, I can think about experiences and things and memories that I have during the 12 years of a relationship with the person, with that person. And I don't feel the pain when I even talk about... Some things do still shock me, I must say, um, that I allowed myself to be in that situation. But the pain, you know that pain that like, oh, that knot in your stomach, that's gone. So Have that hope that you can heal enough where you don't feel the pain and it's not that you forget, you don't forget, but the pain's not there and you can think about it and you can go from it and it's what propels you. So you're going to look to the prize set before you and anything that's tripping you up, like it says in Hebrews 12, anything that trips you up from getting to that prize, from getting to that finish line, you're going to want to get rid of it. And a lot of times it's about setting your mind on the right thing, focusing on the things of God, setting your mind on the positive things that you're looking for and saying no, no to the obstacle. And that's it. Leaving it behind. Don't even align with it. And that whole time you're realizing that you're headed towards the prize, which is God, but God is with you along the way. This journey is one where you're headed to God with God. God is with you along every step of the way and focusing on that through prayer and Bible study, preachings, worship, just fill yourself up with the things of God. But the one thing that I want to encourage you along that way is don't get caught up allowing someone else to live that relationship with God for you. So listening to preachers and learning from people, Obviously, I am a teacher. I'm very passionate about it, which is why we're going to start that new Bible study series on the Gospel of John. But this is one where we're leading you um, to discover God, but this is for you to discover God, right? Make sure that no one's living your life with God for you and that you're hearing from God yourself and there's this partnership with God. Okay, so last thing before we go. Um, And this is really important, especially if you're a Christian and especially uh, for those who may be more involved in the prophetic circles because when you have triggers, um, which if you've been in an abusive relationship, okay, I guarantee you, you're going to have triggers and you're going to have emotional moments um, that don't look pretty, don't feel pretty. And unfortunately, a lot of people... Um, will teach that you just have to ignore that. That's not the truth. You know, when you have a negative thing, it's not from God. And yes, I completely 100% agree that it's not from God. However, we cannot ignore the triggers and we cannot ignore the negative emotions. They're there to tell us there's something deep inside that's wrong. And there's a conflict within your soul and your mind. And it's telling you, There's something wrong and you need to resolve it because negative triggers and negative emotions don't come from God and they're only produced because there's a war and who you are and who you say you are, are in conflict. And there may be something in your uh, unconscious and subconscious and those emotions are alerting you saying, Hey, you need to resolve this thing. Okay. So Within each one of these steps and these stops, don't ignore the triggers and deal with the negative emotions. Um, this is not to say you're going to sit in the negative emotion. That it, This is not to say you're going to accept the m- negative emotion. This is to say you're going to acknowledge it. And in that moment or right after the moment or let's say the trigger, You need to take moments where you sit with God and you ask, God, I need you to reveal why did I have this trigger? Why did I have this negative emotion? What is causing this? And work with God to heal it. And I actually have a podcast um, where I talk about dealing with negative emotions. I call them poopy emotions. So I'll put that in the show notes too, in case that's something that you would find helpful. And last but not least, because again, these are all things that it's a continuous process, forgive. Forgiving, sometimes it's not a one-time thing either. Sometimes you're going to have to forgive over and over and over again. And sometimes you're going to forgive over again for things you've already forgiven. Why? Because although that situation Happened once or it's in the past doesn't mean that you may not relive it over and over again. You feel it, you think it, you have a trigger and it brings something up, right? Or something reminds you of it and you have that negative emotion or whatever that situation is. In that moment, when you're going to God and asking Him, I need help, I'm clearly still dealing with this, I need to heal from it, why am I still feeling this? Part of that is to say, if it's tied to someone from the past, to say, I forgive. I've already forgiven. It's not that you did not forgive in the past. But it's that the healing that comes after the abuse is a process. And it takes time. And it's not to say that you didn't forgive them that first time. It's to say, I'm feeling this again, and it's giving me those negative feelings and causing me maybe to feel the bitterness or the anger, the hurt, or the pain, and for you to say, no, I forgive that person. I'm going to extend mercy to that person. I'm going to forgive them. And that's really, really important because you don't wanna hold on to unforgiveness and unbitterness and I've talked about that so many times that I don't wanna dive into it here. So let's just summarize um, really quick so that we can um, put a sweet little bow on this journey of the the season of my story because I want you to end this knowing that there is hope and there is healing and there may have been a lot of pain Maybe you're going through a lot of pain right now, but you're not alone. So don't go through it alone and cling to God like you've never done before and just keep moving forward. Maybe slow, but just keep moving forward. So whether you're going through it or whether you're out on the other side or whether you've been out on the other side and it's a struggle to heal, you know, all this stuff going on. These are the things to keep in mind to help you on your journey to healing. Remember, healing is possible and you will get to the point where you don't feel the pain. So number one, admit and humble yourself to recognize that there are things within me that I need to change. I need to grow, I need to learn so that I can reflect God better. The second one is keep your eye on the prize. Where are you going? What are you looking for? In my case, it was 1 Corinthians 13, and it was Galatians 5.22. What's yours? Third, I prayed against all the opposition that was impacting me and stumbling me and, and hindering me from getting to that goal that I set ahead of me. So whether it's me praying um, against demons or whatever, or it's me praying that my my mindset shifts, my state of mind shifts, whatever it is, the renewing of the mind happens so that those stumbling blocks along the way get tossed out. Fourth is focus on your relationship with God. Stay close to him, rely on him, pray, worship, listen to preachings, read the Bible, whatever it is that helps you feel close to God and helps strengthen your relationship with God. Do that. Don't ignore triggers or negative emotions. Deal with them. Maybe not in the heat of the moment, but right after when you have a moment, deal with the trigger, deal with the emotion, pray and ask God to help you with that and forgive forgive over and over again because God forgave you God forgave me who are we not to forgive someone right when you think about Jesus on the cross saying forgive them for they don't know what they're doing if Jesus could forgive on the cross we too can forgive and that's the amazing thing about having holy spirit is that ability that empowerment To be like Christ. So here we are, guys. This is the end. I just hope that this has blessed you and helped you and um, at least giving you one more step towards your healing. If you've enjoyed this, if this has blessed you, I ask that you share it, please. Get the word out, whether it's public on your social media pages, or whether it's in private through text message or a private message to someone you know needs to hear this. But share this message because it's so, so important. And I'll see you guys in two weeks where we begin our series on the Gospel of John and we dive in. Be authentic, be vulnerable, be yourself because God loves it.